Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Some find them amusing. Some find them frightening. Regardless of how you view them, one thing is for certain. You can never truly tell who they are behind the makeup. Now Paratruth presents... With special guest... Ben Radford. How's it going, Para fans? Welcome to another episode of Paratruth Radio right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we got another great show for you tonight. Uh, it's not going to be as angry as it was last week, so it, this week uh, we have a much more lighthearted, well, I shouldn't say lighthearted because it's about bad clowns and clowns scare the living crap out of me. But uh, tonight uh, we're going to have on Ben Radford and uh, he wrote the the book Bad Clowns. So without further ado, we're going to go to the line with our guest and friend Ben Radford. Ben, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. How are you today? Doing good, doing good. Good. So we are having you back on to talk about your newest book, uh, Bad Clowns. Uh, so tell us a little bit what prompted you to do this book. Well, you know, um, there's a couple things. One is that I'd always been fascinated by the scary clowns in, in pop culture, right? Because they're, they're everywhere. They're in movies and TV and films, and there's just so many creepy, scary-ass clowns out there. Yeah. And yet there seemed to be, like, almost no actual research. I mean, it was like, you know, people, you know, they're on T-shirts with Krusty the Clown or, you know, Bart Simpson, you know, in the corner saying, you know, can't sleep, clowns eat me, that type of thing. But there wasn't really anything like, you know, any actual research or scholarship or anybody actually putting it together. And so basically, um, I actually had the idea about 10 years ago. Uh, which is why, if you look in the book, some of the interviews were actually conducted like 2006. So I, I had the idea a decade ago, and it sort of got backburnered. I was busy with other things. I was doing graduate school and did other books. Mm. And then, basically, um, after my last book came out, Mysterious New Mexico, I talked to the, the publisher there, my editor. And he's like, well, what else do you have? I'm like, well, um, I got a book on clowns. <laughs> he's like, clowns? I said, well, no bad clown. He's like, oh, I think we can I think we can work with that. So that's basically what happened. <laughs> so I know in the book you mentioned that 
you, you're not afraid of clowns and you, you're not impartial to them in any way. You know, it's kind of, yeah, they could be good, they could be bad, it's whatever. Was there any time whatsoever growing up that you were afraid that actually led you to wanting to write this book? Um, you know, not really. I mean, I, you know, like most kids, I can remember, you know, one or two scary clowns at a circus who sort of got a little too close or you could smell some bourbon on their breath or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I mean, uh, there's, no, there's not a particular time when I sort of go back to where I go to my safe space uh, over the clowns. It was just basically, you know, I, I even though this book, it's sort of like it, it's out of my normal, you know, subject area. Because, of course, I write about, as you guys know, you know, urban legends and ghosts and monsters and Bigfoot and psychics mm-hmm. and, you know, psychology and all that. Um, yet, so in a way, you know, when I told people writing a book on clowns, they're like, no, seriously, <laughs> no, seriously. But, you know, I think a part, part of it is that, that, you know, in another way, it's actually very similar because it's like, for example, to my book on the Chupacabra, mm-hmm. because right. I'm, I'm curious, you know, sort of like the way my mind works is that I, I probably have like a touch of OCD where like, I, I get really absorbed about an idea, and I, I get really interested in, like, oh, let me find out all about it. And so I just do the research, do the research, research, and I try to find all the examples that I can, try to basically, you know, under, you know, do as much research and, and understand the phenomenon as best I can, and then sort of mm-hmm. process it and put it out there in the world. So that's that's what I did, and that's why a lot of the t- subjects that I write about, chupacabras and bad clowns and things like that, mm. they're they're... They're sort of niche. I mean, they're not niche as in like no one knows about them, but they're niche in that, like, for example, I would never write a, bo- a book about the Civil War or about, you know, JFK because, you know, there's hundreds of books written and there's, I got nothing to add. So typically the subjects that I'm interested in, the ones that I'm attracted to, are ones that no one has really done before. And so I figured, well, hey, you know, if they're not going to do it, then I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Now, growing up, uh, the thing that scared me, uh, as far as clowns go, was the movie It and the book It after I got older to read it. Um, and uh, it kind of just stuck with me maybe because I was younger. Uh, for all the people out there that are afraid of clowns, what do you think it does to them? Like, what does it that makes them scared of it? Them, I should say. Scared. Well, there's, there's a couple things, and uh, you know, I have a, I think it's chapter three or something. I talk about you know what makes clowns scary, and there's the, there's some obvious things. For example, you know the you know the fact that they're in makeup, right? I mean, people who are in makeup, unless it's a hot girl, you're like, whoa, what's going on here, right? So I mean, especially an, an adult man in makeup, you're like, you know, no offense, but there's something weird going on here, especially if they're in clown makeup, yeah. and you know, clowns. You know they 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 wear primary colors and they're very they're loud they're larger than life and they're loud and they're you you never really know what's going on behind the painted face and so I think part of it is the the anonymity and you if you go back and you look at like classic horror film villains right mm-hmm. you look at like um, like Leatherface and Michael Myers uh, you have these 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 you know dark and off, often they're silent I mean most clowns most, and you know the early clowns were were, all, were silent as well. And also the clowns that tour around the circuses are also silent, typically, because they, they travel from country to country. And so a clown doesn't need to speak five different languages uh, they, because they're, they're, 
their stock and trade is pratfalls and seltzers and you know and you know basically slapstick that anybody can see. So so a lot of the the actual touring clowns, the like sort of the, the, the original clowns, not the party clowns, but the original clowns, they don't speak, and so you have the same sort of you know like the silent you know masked figure, and you wonder what the hell's going on here. Mm-hmm. And then there's 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 also like um, more I think like sociocultural explanations for why clowns are scary. One of them is that clowns they tend to sort of exist in this in this sort of twilight where you know they, they're sort of in between categories, right? They're they're human, but they're sort of they they display like non-human qualities, right? They can, right. They, they they do magical things, right? They they make a flower squirt water. They they have this sort of quasi mystical sense about them, and that's sort of one of the things that makes people uneasy about them, especially if they're out outside of a context. You know, if if they're if, if if there's a, if there's a context, right? If you go to a circus, you see a clown there, no problem, right? But on the other hand, if, if you hear a knock on the door at midnight and you open the door and there's a clown there, you got a problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I know within your book you, you go a little bit into the history of clowns, and the history actually goes by goes back quite a bit. Can you give us just a little bit? I don't want you to give too much, obviously, so people who read the book can get that fill there. But give us a little bit of history on uh, how the clown, I guess, began, especially the bad clown. Sure. Sure, yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, at least I find it interesting because I spent a couple years writing a book. But it's uh, it's really neat. You, go, you sort of go back to uh, – it traces back, for example, to the court jesters. Uh, or you had these, these figures that were – um, they were often sort of thought to be. They had like special special abilities, and I don't mean they you know they could fly or anything, but they had license to speak truth. And so, for example, if there was a court jester, and you know he could, he's basically the only person in the kingdom that could make fun of the king and not get killed. It's, like mm-hmm. it, it's all in how you frame it, right? And so he could be like, so that there was a certain license that that the clowns had and, and court jesters have to sort of get away with things that, that violate the cultural norms. And so you see this theme uh, both in the early, like the core gesture clowns and, and even the clowns today. So there's those. It also goes back to, for example, the, the Harlequin uh, from the Comedia Alta, the, the, uh, the, the character that would travel around in the, in the jumpsuit and you have a, a mask on and, you know, the Harlequin character with the, the patchwork uh, mm-hmm. costume. Uh, and then they, then I also trace it back to, for example, the Punch and Judy shows, uh, which is uh, if I actually have for those who haven't seen it. I hear I, here's a here's the early Punch and Judy shows, and that's basically the um, the different characters that would uh, that would be seen. Uh, would actually the first one, the first Punch and Judy show that we know of was was done around 1662 in Covent Gardens uh, in, in England. So this has been around for about 300 years, and basically these these two puppets. And the, the star of the show, Mr. Punch, is a brutal, nasty, infanticidal bastard. He like he he beats his wife Judy. He kills his baby. He's like wow. this evil, nasty, unredeemable villain. And yet people love him. This is kids' entertainment in England. It's it's just fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of fascinating that it kind of was that. Then went to you know cartoons and all this other stuff. The Eric and I grew up, and now it's kind of going back to, you know, the the darker side for kids' entertainment. Um, and, I mean, in general, with uh, movies, even nowadays, it's going towards uh, paranormal compared to the typical, you know, either thriller or uh, 
monster movies. So it kind of goes in spurts, like we've talked about with a couple of guests. So um, mm-hmm. the one that you had mentioned was the Harlequin, and that's actually one that, even though I'm scared of clowns, I I kind of um, enjoy compared to other clowns. Uh, when the Harlequin was how what in what time frame was the Harlequin really a uh, a big thing compared to right, the clowns we know today? The Harlequin was mostly um, around like the for, I think I don't know the exact dates, but basically you know most of the Harlequin stuff is around like the 15, 16, 17 uh, century. Well, late later than that. Mm-hmm. Or for example, you have. Uh, one of the first talks, one of the first uh, discussions about the Harlequin was was in a French poem, um, and I think it was like seventeen something. And, and the uh, the Harlequin character was uh, this creature, this this man, this figure that would actually um, uh, go and go into the netherworld and, and and meet Satan and trick Satan. So you have you have this whole theme of of the clown figure, the trickster figure, tricking Satan, right? Tricking old Scratch, the, mm-hmm. the, the devil himself. And so there's, there's the, the, you know, the clowns have always been sort of, again, an interesting blend of, there's a human side to them, and yet there's a trickster side to them, there's a, there's an evil devilish side to them. And uh, one of the things that, that I found that I hadn't really thought about until I started researching it is that as the clowns uh, are typically, um, they're they're essentially men without masters. Uh, some are women, of course, but they're they are they're their own person, and so their allegiances tr- change all the time. And so if there's if you see a clown, you're never really sure, you know, who 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 are they working for? What are their motivations? There's always something very mysterious and somewhat sinister because you never know exactly what a clown's going to do or you know why what what the situation is. There's this there's this sort of sinister ambiguity nature. Uh, of, of clowns that I think is both uh, attractive to people and also sort of scary to people. Mm-hmm. Well, and to just the thought like of how nowadays clowns are so scary, and yet McDonald's uses the clown to to bring customers in. I mean, it's kind of weird that that actually works out. But why do you think that works, especially for children? Well, yeah, there's there's a couple reasons for that. One is that the is that clowns were for most of their their history were essentially ambiguous. Uh, mm-hmm. They were they were you know for 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 us old D and D players they would be considered neutral, uh, <laughs> probably chaotic neutral, right? <laughs> uh, going old school here, right? So I mean, clowns were they they were they were never they were never really good. They never really bad, but never mm-hmm. really good. They're always this sort of interesting ambiguous neutral characters mm. and most people when they when they think about clowns certainly for example the early Ronald McDonald clown which is actually if you, I have a photo in the book of Fred Willard as an early scary ass Ronald McDonald and I just love that one it's just like 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 what what was it? you know somebody was like high and they're like yeah I know we oh you know we need to do oh this is great so I'll have a guy with the thing. I mean, just, you know, no one in their right mind thought this was a good idea. It's like the same people that probably did, like, New Coke or something. But anyway, <laughs> so so the, you know, the original Ronald McDonald and the earlier clowns, and for example, Bozo, 
they were they were these they were framed on TV and as, as personas as you know good clowns. Right? I mean that's 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 what that character is. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that, again, that's mm-hmm. only one specific type of clown. So so what's happened, especially since about the mid '80s, I would say, since you know Killer Clowns from Outer Space came out, and then it in 1990, um, the 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 evil or the 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 darker character of the clowns have sort of have have come to the fore, and mm-hmm. so that's why it's interesting because these days, I mean, it's fascinating when I was writing the book because I would talk to people about clowns, and one of the first reactions is is fear of clowns, and you know, you I wouldn't have if, if I'd written this book thirty years ago, I wouldn't have gotten that reaction because at the time most clowns were generally positive, happy things. Uh, that doesn't mean the clown character themselves were, because as I said, they're, they're essentially ambiguous and neutral. But most of the popular clowns that you saw in the media, Bozo, Ronald McDonald, and others, were, 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 were positive. And so, so you know, it, it's, it's a mistake to ask when clowns went bad, mm-hmm. because they were never really good. So what's happened is that over the past, you know, 20, 30 years, the scary, evil clown has become much more of a popular uh, character in, in fiction and in, in, uh, in, in films, and that's sort of where people gravitated to mm-hmm. until today. And when essentially that's that that's the default clown uh, is, is the scary one, much to the chagrin of, of you know of uh, of the the good clowns, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, I think we're going to take our first break here. You're listening to Paratruth Radio right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. We're talking to our guest and friend Ben Radford about his book, Bad Clowns. We will be right back after Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Now, Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Did you know that there are 46,000 species of spiders? To the arachnophobist, this is a frightening statement. The thought of spiders eating insects, and in some countries, birds. But not all spiders eat meat. According to LiveScience.com, there is one spider, called the Baghera kiplingi, which, believe it or not, consumes plants as its majority diet. The spider lives in Central America, and is considered a rarity among its predatory cousins. But if knowing that there is a plant-eating spider out in the world makes you feel better, just remember, there are at least 45,999 other spider species that enjoy consuming flesh. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. 
All right, folks. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we've been talking to Ben Radford about his book, Bad Clowns. Now, <laughs> that is the scariest thing I've ever seen, and I will have nightmares for days now. Um, so uh, we uh, kind of started to link into that it's kind of only recently that uh, we've had this evil clown uh, phenomenon going on. Um, one of the the people from history that actually I had talked about a little bit a couple episodes ago was, uh, I think his name is Edward Wayne Gacy or Wayne Gacy. I can't remember. Yes, John Wayne Gacy. Oh, okay. So I... Uh, he dressed up as as a clown during his serial killing. Uh, do you think that kind of just added to the evil clown uh, scenario, or do you think that was already in place before he got started? Well, there's a couple things. Uh, you know, certainly, um, you know, when certainly Gacy is among probably the top three or five evil clowns. I mean, you know, you, people go right to uh, the Joker, they go to uh, Krusty, uh, and they go to Gacy. <laughs> and, of course, Pennywise, Stephen mm, King's right. I mean, there, There's only a handful of, like, top-shelf clowns. Most of them are pretty <laughs> low-rent, as I talked about in the book. Um, but, you know, in the, in the case of Gacy, there, there's, 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 two different, there's two different parts here. The first one is that, um, is that you know, certainly... Uh, you know, Gacy is very is very much associated with with the, the evil clowns, mm-hmm. uh, and that's actually much that's actually much to his own uh, some of it's his own doing because what would happen is that after he was arrested and incarcerated, uh, he would uh, he he did a bunch of self portraits I think probably a couple dozen of himself as Pogo the clown. Uh, so you know he was he was very much in tune with the the, the so called murderabilia. Mm-hmm. You know the the uh, the people who collect you know you know Charles Manson's toenail clippings and Richard oh. M- Ramirez's oh. you know, <laughs> sketches. You know, you know, it's sort of like creepy stuff. Or it's like you know, I I like weird gothic occult stuff and shit like that right. as much as the next guy. But you know, there's a line there. I don't. Right. Yeah, I don't need. Um, but it, it's also it's also true that um, that Gacy's. Gacy's connection to clowning is not as strong as popular belief. So, for example, um, he, he actually wasn't a, he wasn't a clown by trade. He was a he was a contractor, house contractor. Uh, and it is true that he did dress up as a clown. I mean, we, we know that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as we know, he didn't actually kill anybody. You know, it, it's not as if he had dressed up as a clown and like you know trolled the the the, the elementary schools looking for victims. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. what he did. Mm-hmm. So, you know. So there, there is a very true and real connection between Gacy and clowning, but it's not it's not quite as lurid and sensational as uh, as, as it's often made out to be. Because of course, you know what, you know, if you're going to do you know a movie or a film or an article about Gacy, how can you not mention he he was you know he he dressed as a clown? Right. I mean, it's just you know it's it's the the contrast is. It's, it's just it's it's, it's irresistible. Uh, so you know, people people make a lot of that, um, and understandably so. But but again, it's mm-hmm. not like he he didn't kill anybody while dressed as a clown, right? 
Well, <clears throat> one of the things that I noticed uh, or that I haven't realized because I've never done research on clowns. It's something I just stay away from. <laughs> um, but it, I, it turns I out have either. I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out that there's actually folklore on clowns. That there is some kind of folklore out there that. Uh, People, you know, believe to be true. And one of them that you talk about is the phantom clowns. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about the phantom clowns and perhaps even tell us, unless this is it, uh, what one of your favorite folklore uh, pieces are on the clown. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, you know, the, the phantom clown chapter, uh, that's, I think, chapter like eight or nine or something in the book. And that was one of the more interesting ones because, you know, I, I, I enjoy folklore. I'm a member of the American Folklore Society. I've written about folklore. And so mm-hmm. a lot of what I do involves folklore, monster folklore, ghost folklore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that's, I'm very much in tune with that. Uh, I love that sort of thing. I'm fascinated by it. And so when you have these characters that may or may not be real, that is, you know, people think they're like the chupacabra, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of people think the chupacabra is real. I interviewed many of them. I mean, I know this for a fact. And yet, you know, and for those who have read my book, spoilers, it's probably not real, right? <laughs> and so, well, and whoever so, heard so our then, show with you prior know that as well. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So if they're paying attention, <laughs> um, so 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 this is the thing: is that you know, you have these subjects which are fascinating, weird, mysterious, intriguing. Uh, and yet may or may not be real, and that was that was actually the case with, with the Phantom Clowns. And so basically, the Phantom Clowns were uh, were these characters, these these people allegedly that traveled around uh, in vans sometimes, uh, and sometimes by themselves, but often in vans, trying to abduct children. Uh, and there were um, at least a dozen reports, uh, mostly in the in the mid 1980s. Uh, all the way up until a few years ago. I mean, this is this is not just. It had a heyday in the mid '80s, and that was that's when there were a lot of reports. Mm-hmm. And by a lot, I don't mean hundreds, but there were there were certainly uh, a few dozen. Uh, and, but again, even up into the 1990s, there were a handful of reports. There was uh, some in Scotland. There was some in, in Central America. But uh, so so you had you had these 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 people uh, who these these kids who would say you know on my way to school. This you know white van showed up, and these two clowns were in there, and one of them tried to grab me. And you can imagine how terrifying that would be to oh, parents, yeah. teachers, or everybody else. And people were freaking out, and you know the police were called, and you know and uh, you know searches were done, you know cl- clowns were stopped. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, there was no evidence of them, nothing. Hmm. Right, and it was just sort of, and, and the the same process repeated over and over and over again, where there would be these reports, and you know the police investigate, and you know that they set up, the, the, there's there's just nothing there, and you know it's important to remember that that no children were actually abducted, hmm. so so the the story was always it almost happens, like you know I was there and he he reached out and I just ran at the last minute, and there was actually one story of a guy. There was a kid, I think he was like seven or eight or something. He claimed that he was going on his way to school, and uh, and he encountered a clown with a machete and an Uzi machine gun. Hmm. And uh, so this this seven year old seeing this mach- <laughs> this this clown with a machete in one hand and machine in the other, this kid smart, he throws his book bag at him. 
Well, as you okay. can imagine, this terrified the clown, and he ran away screaming and shrieking <laughs> like a little girl. And he, of course, you know, of course, that's he, the kid leader admitted that the whole thing was made up. And he, and right. crap. <laughs> um, but it's but and so you know, so we know that we know that many of the cases were hoaxes. Uh, mm-hmm. Other ones, you know, it could have been just sort of you know word of mouth, a game of telephone, uh, whatever else. And so, uh, my explanation that I put forth in the book, and I think it's right because you know I wrote it. And I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know this stuff. <laughs> um, basically, I argue that uh, the bad clown, the phantom clown phenomena, is a uh, is a, a variation of a broader phenomena known as phantom attackers. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in Freudian subjects, you know about, for example, the Mad Gas from Mattoon, uh, the Monkey Man Panic in India. Uh, there, there's a whole handful of these. I've actually written about them in, in sort of my books with Bob Bartholomew. Uh, and basically, there are these figures that, that sort of appear out of nowhere. They threaten people. They don't actually hurt people. They don't actually kill people or slash people. They just threaten to. Okay. And then there's all these sort of eyewitness reports that are always kind of dubious, and then it sort of goes away. And that's that's my explanation. I think um, it's pretty clear to me that's that's what these phantom clown panics are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but again, you know, it's if, if you think about it, you know, it, it would not be that difficult if if a person truly wanted to abduct a kid. First of all, you don't need to dress as a clown to do that. Right. Second right. of all, even if you were going to dress as a clown to do that, this this is not it. It just doesn't make sense. It, it's not logical. It doesn't make any sense at all if you look at the evidence that there actually were. One or more clowns trying to abduct kids in mm-hmm. the eighties or even even just, but nonetheless, you know, it's it's you know, there's articles about it and it, it's 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 this own its own little phenomena. So it's uh, it's it's it was one of the more interesting cases. And so I would say, to answer your second question, that probably is my favorite. <laughs> okay, probably is, even though it's sort of, even though it's sort of like. So gruesome and horrifying. Right, uh, right. I know. I know it's essentially an urban legend. So mm-hmm. that's why I find it fascinating. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we've said, uh, there's so many of these bad clowns that are char- fictional characters, like Pennywise. Uh, there was this clown that uh, it was a B movie I saw on Netflix called Stitches. I don't know if you guys have seen or heard it of it. But um, it, it, it kind of links more to a demonic style type of evil bad clown uh, compared to like the ones from uh, evil clowns from outer space. Um, do you, and I know that uh, traditionally some clowns do a, a tup, couple types of like magic tricks or illusion tricks or whatever. Um, do you think that? Uh, there's more of a connection there as far as like the demonic or uh, evil type of clown to magic, or is it just because people's minds roam to that because they're afraid of, of the clown? That is a very good question. Um, there's a couple answers to that. First of all, uh, it's important to remember that uh, that the early the early clowns, particularly the Harlequin. Um, were associated with, with with evil entities. I mean, if you look at the the origin of the Harlequin, uh, for example, uh, you know it, it actually began as an aerial specter, basically a, a a ghost that would visit you in the night. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so again, this is clearly an early version of a clown. There's there's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. And so, so even again, going back, you know, you know, 
300 years, you see this this sort of evil connotation, this sort of darker side to the clowns. Uh, so again, it's always been there, but uh, you know, since that time, with the with the obvious exception of Mr. Punch, right. <laughs> who's his own category. <laughs> Um, you know, for the most part, clowns uh, were sort of, you know, they the, the, the tended to uh, to be sort of more happy and carefree, and the 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 the, the, um, the, uh, the you know the good the essential good clown. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's stitches. There's uh, you know, of course, keep, keep in mind that Pennywise uh, in in King's Stephen King's book is sort of like this. You know, it's never really clear what's like this paranormal entity right. of evil. I mean. Mm-hmm. The, so, so there's this there's this element of magic to that too, and there's also um, there's also um, uh, what was the um, Killjoy, Kill, Killjoy the Clown. There's a, there's a series of uh, B movies is probably putting it is probably being too kind. Uh, we'll just say like a, a C plus movie, uh, and I say that with affection. Uh, the Killjoy series. Um, uh, so that that that's again, it's a you know straight to video you know fun uh, scary ass clown, and that you know in in that in that mythos, Killjoy is a is a demon, and uh, at one point they talk about um, in one of the films they talk about knowing his true name, mm-hmm. and then, of course that 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 goes back to um, the, the the Catholic tradition of you know the idea that you can have control over a demon by knowing its name, and, right. and, and mm-hmm. sort of there's all sorts of really fascinating connotations and, and connections with. With not only grimoires, but also magic and, and good magic and bad magic. So, uh, but you're exactly right in terms of like the the, the magical connotation, right? So because th- think about it, like you know what what do clowns do, right? They they're, they're funny and they're wild, mm, but they also right. do magic tricks, right? They right, they right. make a bouquet appear out of nowhere, right? They have squirting flowers. Their their shoes are ten times too big, and yet they can run. <laughs> they have you know they have clown cars as big as, you know, a copy machine that got 40 clowns in there. So there's always this sort of, this element of, like, magical supernatural element to it. And that's, right. that's one of the things that I think sort of attracts people to it. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I don't know if you cover this in your book, but the one thing that I've always heard growing up is that the majority of people who are scared of clowns when they get older the reason behind that is because their cribs uh, in, or the rooms in which they slept always had clowns in them, whether they be uh, some kind of statues or just clowns hanging from the ceiling. So in your research, did you find any truth to that? Or is this just some kind of old wives' tale that people are telling, uh, you know, young children and whatnot? These are very good questions. I'm impressed. <laughs> I like being asked. Um no, seriously, it's 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 kind of refreshing to be honest. Um, th- there's a couple answers to the question. Number one, um, it's actually a myth that most children are afraid of clowns. Uh, okay. There, there. When you look at, when you look at the research, certainly some kids are. That's absolutely true. Right. But you know, in in the chapter on colorophobia, I talk about the the fact is that most kids like clowns. <laughs> it's like it, it, it's mm-hmm. sort of fashionable to think that all kids are scared of clowns, but if you look at the research, it's just not true. Uh, there was right. there was a very interesting study that that uh, that came out and it, it, it's fascinating because if you Google kids scared of clowns, uh, you'll very likely come up with a reference to this particular study I'm about to tell okay. you about. And there was a study that came out I think maybe ten years ago, maybe I'm forgetting the date, but around ten years ago that 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 found that children were afraid of clown images. 
Okay. So there was a study that said, and it's an important distinction because what, what they found, and I think it was like one, it's not like there were a bunch of studies, like there was like this one study right. with, I don't know, a couple, <laughs> couple, couple hundred, I mean, this is not, you know, like na- international importance. Right. But, uh, but they, they, they these, these researchers found that in the study, uh, children did, did, uh, report unease or discomfort with, with images of clowns. For example, <laughs> wallpaper. Or mm-hmm. a photo on the wall, or a clown figure up, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a figurine. Now they didn't report that with actual clowns, so so they're they're like you know they're pooping their pants at a scary clown <laughs> on the wall. But if a, a clown actually comes in and goes, eh, they're like, oh, this is kind of fun, right? <laughs> so um, so that I think that that's essentially the, where, where that connection came from. So okay, um, you know, I, I didn't actually see anything saying that most kids. Um, I mean, certainly, you know, if you're growing up, uh, you know, and, and, you know, there's a weird clown. <laughs> First of all, what parent would do this? I mean, seriously, you're, you're just asking for, you're asking for CYFD to come take the kids away. I don't know about you. Um, uh, but, you know, so I'm sure that uh, I think most of the stories are sort of more anecdotes. Like, you know, like in my particular case, it was a scary clown. But in terms of like a broader a broader uh, theme, I don't I I don't think that's true. Although again, with that one exception, some kids report these sort of you know uneasiness with with clowns. And, and this and keep in mind, this is in a hospital setting. This wasn't okay. just clowns, you know, in in their in their bedrooms. This was right. simply in a hospital. Kids didn't like clowns on the walls. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that. Uh, a lot of children are predisposed to not liking the image of the clown too. It's interesting. I've never really heard that that before. Uh, one one clown in particular that or type of clown I should say uh, that comes to my mind because you said clowns are usually silent is the uh, the mime. And um, now. Is the mime quiet because the traditional clown is supposed to be quiet, or did the clown just kind of uh, evolve over time, and then the the mime and the clown became two separate things? That's a good question. I actually uh, I actually didn't go too far into the mime okay. uh, character specifically, partly because um, partly because it's not really an evil clown. Oh, okay. um, typically, the mimes. No, no, but it, it's a, it's a fair question, and, and there's a, you know they're sort of lumped together. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found is that typically, uh, in references to mimes in the book, and I think I have like four or five of them. Typically, the the mimes are the enemies of clowns. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it, it actually, interesting because like it, it, I don't even know if I have, if I indexed it, but there's basically what I found there's there's basically three specific enemies of clowns. You know. Four sworn clown enemies. The first one are, are mimes. Okay. Uh, and if you if you've seen like Shakes the Clown, the Bobcat Goldthwait movie, you know that's just you know they make you know Goldthwait goes to town with that the whole the, the whole clown mime rivalry. Oh, okay. Uh, the other ones are bikers, right? Bikers and clowns do not <laughs> they don't mix, man. That's you know, you, know, you, 
You want to see blood? You put a biker and a clown together. Someone, someone ain't walking out. Um, and then, and then the other, the other one's probably like you know, sort of locals. I talked to a guy uh, in my chapter on dip clowns, uh, the dunk tank clowns. Oh, okay. And, you know, I ta- I interviewed a couple of those guys, and they would talk about you know people who hate <laughs> who hate clowns, and of course, of course, they're in in the case of the dip clowns, you know, the ones in dunk tanks, they're paid to make you hate them. I mean, that's the whole right. point is you're pissed off enough. To buy, to you know, to put down five bucks for some balls and throw the balls at him. So, uh, so you know, the, the the mime, you know, I the the. Did you guys see the Aristocrats? Mm-hmm. Yes, the documentary oh, yeah. film. Okay, yep. I, I figure if anybody had, you guys had, right? So, uh, no offense, but so uh, so there there's a great scene in the Aristocrats with Billy the mime. And you guys know what I'm talking about, and the, the, the listeners need to check it out. And I'm not going to describe it, but there's a, it's a, it's a just you know, if there ever was a bad mime clown, it's Billy the Mime in the Aristocrats. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing I think because they're obviously like for me, I've never liked clowns, and especially after it came out, it's just you know, no go, no more clowns. But with mimes, I've never had any type of fear or you know. Um, negative emotion towards mimes whatsoever. And during some of the research I've done, not on clowns, but just in general, especially for like film and whatnot, color can really help drive people's emotions. And black and white, which a mime is typically wearing, whether makeup or clothes or whatever, is kind of a neutral color. It's not that scary. But when you start adding, like, for example, even Ronald McDonald, when you add the red and the yellow, it's meant to push people away. That's actually why McDonald's used to keep the interior of their buildings red and yellow, so that less people would eat there, so they ha- wouldn't have to clean up as much uh, after them. Uh, and so red and yellow really pushes people yeah. away. Buy, buy it and go away. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. Uh, so no. That, that's a good. That's a good point. I mean, the other good thing to keep in mind, of course, is that, that mimes are much rarer than clowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you're you're just on average, unless you seek out mimes and. Really, who would do that? Um, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna run into mimes on a regular basis, right. uh, as you will the clowns, unless you're sort of hanging around the the hoity toity parts of, of Paris or something. Right, right. right. <laughs> so, uh, one one thing that I was just thinking about is uh, writing this book. Was there any favorite chapter that you you liked compared to to the others? Uh, let me think. Uh, you know, I'm sort of flipping through it here. Um, they they all sort of fascinated me. The uh, you know the the ones about the uh, the movies was interesting, uh, of course. You know, because that's that's basically a touchstone for most people in terms of you know, where where do you see evil clowns in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed it, but in some ways that chapter was less interesting to me just because I was sort of like hitting points. I know I knew I had to cover, you know, Pennywise, you got to cover, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know, there were like basically, I don't know, a dozen or so clowns, uh, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses, you know. All, so so that one, it wasn't boring to me, but I did, it was just sort of like, all right, well, I got to hit this one again. So that one, that one was a little less interesting. Probably um, my favorite would either be... Um, the the phantom clowns uh, or the 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 stalking clowns mm-hmm. um, and these were these were the ones uh, where um, 
uh, I actually covered this that the whole stocking clowns thing from the beginning, and mm-hmm. the whole the stocking clowns began uh, with the Northampton clown. It was a clown in Northampton, England, and it was this guy, and he would dress up as a as a clown, and he would. Um, he would walk around uh, the, the, the his town at night dressed as a clown, and people would, of course, freak out as as one does when you see a clown, <laughs> you know, walking around at night. And so, uh, so there was this fascinating story where this guy would do this, and um, and it I think it was uh, it, it, I think it began like like six weeks before Halloween. And sort of led up to Halloween. There was like the Facebook thing, you know, who is the Northampton clown? Is this whole mm-hmm. sort of like it was almost like it was it was sort of like a blend between like a publicity stunt and like performance art, you know, that right. sort of weird thing. <laughs> uh, and then so so I actually covered I for, I wrote for I write for Discovery News and Life Science, uh, and I, I wrote about the, that when it first happened. Uh, but then what happened was that there were copycats and copycats of copycats. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, even though the, the the Northampton clown was the first one, uh, within a year there were copycats. There was a Staten Island clown, and there was actually a, a, a clown panic. Uh, there was one in, in California, and then another one in in, in England, uh, excuse me, in, in, in Europe, in France. And so that was that was it. That was probably one of the most interesting chapters to me, just because I I, I saw it develop in real time. You know, I, I reported it on the first, and then because the thing, if you think about it, it's perfect, right? If you want to, if you want to do a, a a prank or a stunt that's guaranteed to make local news, if not national news, right? It's really easy. Right. Here's what you do. I'm not I'm not <laughs> suggesting anybody do this, but here's what you do: dress up as a clown, walk around at night. And wait for something to happen because something you know you might get shot and frankly you know you take your chance but uh, but it, it but it's it's such a uh, the, the 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 news media is such such saps they're, they're so gullible <laughs> you can't not cover that story right so right. Oh, it's yeah. perfect thanks to to like you know hey you want to do some fun hey let's do this and so. Um, that chapter was probably one of my favorite ones, uh, just because it was so, or like, yeah, again, I, I covered it from start to finish, and it's still going on. I mean, I guarantee you, we can put money on this. I guarantee you that at some point before the year is out, before 2017 begins, there will be at least one or two stalking clown scares where somebody, I don't want to say some idiot, somebody <laughs> will dress up as a clown. In, in Manhattan or in Peoria or in California or in Toronto and walk around at night and it'll be a news story and I'm going to get the call and I'm going to have to explain it. Luckily, I can plug my book while I'm at it. Uh, and I know this is going to happen. So, and then probably the other, the other chapter I, I had fun with, I mean, the whole book was fun, but the other one that intrigued me was, um, was the clown porn? I have a chapter on okay. on sex clowns, and that was sort of so random that I was like, I was like, wow, you know, I uh, not my thing, but whatever, I can send the adults. So I did that. Hmm. <laughs> well, 
the one thing that I find really interesting, just the story of the pranksters, for example, uh, when you go on Facebook, there have been numerous times where I myself have come across these videos of right. the pranksters. Yeah. Uh, and it's usually done, the videos are usually done by the same people. And so I've seen four or five of them, and it's always starts off with a bloody mess, right? So they got some guy laying on the ground, his head like just has blood all over and blood all over the, the street and so on and so forth. And then as the people start to investigate, the clown comes around the side of the building, you know, with a giant hammer or uh, a machete or something like that. Of course, exactly, right? And people are freaking out. And I always thought to myself, like, one day these guys are going to get in trouble. Right. They're going to get shot or something. And so there's this there's this one video, and I don't remember, where, I don't know where they were. It never, they never state where they are. But uh, they're in a park, and they pretend to kill somebody, and the guy falls and screams, and that, okay, that's it. So the clowns start chasing after a group of people, and one of the guys stops dead in his tracks, reaches down in his pants, and pulls out a handgun and points it at the clown. And I've never seen a clown that originally was so menacing turn into such a little baby so quickly <laughs> because, you know, he rips his mask off, screams at you. I couldn't even tell you what he sounded like. I, it, I, I couldn't fathom it. It's so crazy. But screaming so loud, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. Stop. I swear, please don't kill me. You know, and the guy's like trying to decide if he should like. What he should do? Should he pull the trigger? Should he walk away? I don't know what she did. But I was laughing so hard over the whole thing. It was great. <laughs> I've always thought that well, you know, eventually one of these guys are going to get killed or hurt very badly. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, keep in mind, uh, you know, that's happened. Uh, that's actually happened to a couple of Bigfoot hoaxers. There's at least oh, one wow. case I'm thinking of where there was a guy, I think, two, three years ago, some uh, well, some idiot uh, dressed up as a, as Bigfoot, and mm-hmm. uh, was hit by a car. He was going along yes. the highway. Now he's like, "Oh, this will be funny. I'll uh, I'll make people think there's a Bigfoot around here." And I don't know if he was drunk or not, but you know, wandered onto a freeway too close, got hit, and it's like, you know, I mean, I feel bad for him, but on the other hand, it's like, right. dude, you know, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, you got the whole. <laughs> You got the whole Darwin Awards coming up, man. I mean, you, you got, you got, you got, you know. So, so yeah, but it, it's a, it's a real problem. Um, and uh, and you know what happened in France with some of the stalking clowns is that um, and actually a friend of mine, a folklorist in Belgium, uh, she 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 wrote about this. I talked to her about it, and uh, and there were actually basically people who were committing crimes under the guise of clowns and so they were they were actually criminals and this is very very rare it's only been there's only been a few cases usually it's just pranksters who are sort of mm-hmm. you know having fun or fun right. until someone gets <laughs> shot um, but, uh, but uh but yeah i mean there were a couple of cases where you know somebody would would uh would commit a crime as a clown now keep in mind if you think about it that's a really bad idea for a couple of reasons number one is that is that you stand out right if you want right. to commit a crime mm-hmm. And you don't want to be caught. Uh, don't dress as a clown because because the likelihood that, that you're going to be among other clowns and blend in, unless you happen <laughs> to be at a clown conference, they're pretty small. Right. Uh, so you know, just just from a logical point of view, it doesn't make sense that people would would commit crimes dressed as clown and trying to get away with it. Shoot. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we are going to take our last break here. We are talking to Ben Radford on his book, Bad Clowns, but we will be right back after Justin's Paranormal Headlines. And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. How's it going, Parafans? 
Justin here with your paranormal headlines. And this headline is from usnews.com. Unicorns were real, and a new fossil shows when they lived. The well-preserved skull probably won't tell us whether their blood had magical properties, though. Dreams do come true, sort of. According to a study published in the American Journal of Applied Sciences, the Siberian unicorn last walked the Earth about 29,000 years ago. Scientists previously thought the creature with the partially mythical name died out about 350,000 years ago, but a newly discovered fossilized skull reveals it lived here much more recently. The skull was found in the Pavlodar region of Kazakhstan, and scientists hope it will help shed light on how some members of the species apparently were able to survive as long as they did. Before you get too excited, though, here's the catch. The Siberian unicorn really looked like more of a rhinoceros than a horse. It reportedly stood about 6 feet 6 inches tall, measured around 15 feet long, and weighed about 8,000 pounds. As Science Alert explains, that's closer to the woolly mammoth sized than a horse sized. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we are speaking with Ben Radford, the author of Bad Clowns. Unfortunately, this is the worst part of the day. As we all know, it's time to go. It is getting to the end of the show. Uh, but before we go, Ben, I just want to thank you for being on. And I would like to give you a moment to tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find your book, and any additional information you'd like to share. Sure. Well, I'm around and about. Uh, you can find me at BenjaminRadford.com. That's Benjamin as in Franklin. Radford as in Robert Redford with an A. BenjaminRadford.com. I'm easy to find. I'm the only guy that wrote a book on bad clowns and chupacabras, so keep that in mind. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I do stuff like that. Um, uh, you can find my work at, at Discovery News, sometimes on LiveScience.com, blogs here, there, everywhere. Uh, on Paratruth Radio. Yep. And, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm around and about, uh, and, uh, I write about a variety of things, and I'm giving, uh, talks on my new book, Bad Clowns, and, um, and, uh, maybe later on this year I'll have a book on scientific ghost investigations. Keep, keep Ooh. In mind. Keep in mind for that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely keep you in mind for that, because, uh, uh, one of the, requests that I've heard a couple of times for Paratruth Radio is more ghosts. So <laughs> we will definitely keep that in mind. Um, so thank you so much, Ben. Uh, as it was last time, such a blast having you on and uh, you're an amazing guest as always. So uh, keep us tuned in to what's going on, especially with the new book coming and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Great. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you guys. All right. Have a good night. Right. See ya. <laughs> oh, 
All right, folks. Uh, that was Ben Radford, author, author of Bad Clowns. Uh, always an amazing guest. Uh, I enjoyed having him on as much as I did last time. And Eric's enjoying a Capri Sun. <laughs> this isn't free advertisement, guys. Come on. <laughs> I need some money here. <laughs> So uh, definitely a great guy. I, I enjoy having him on. Um, so uh, we got a lot of great stuff still coming up for you guys uh, within the mm-hmm. next couple of weeks on uh, Paratruth Radio and uh, PTRN. Hopefully mm-hmm. uh, Jerry will be coming back real soon. She's had some complications with uh, moving and, and whatnot. Uh, it happens. It happens. Yeah. So, um that's uh, all we got on bad clowns. You, you know, like I said at the beginning, they scare the living daylights out of me. But I think that's about all I can say about them. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, uh, one one uh, thing I, I did want to ask you, Eric, out of all yeah. of the fictional bad clowns, is there one that scared you more than others? Oh, I mean. It's it's always been Pennywise, man. I know. It's always been freaking it Pennywise. Pennywise. Gosh dang it! That's, that's really where it started. That's where it'll end one day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and it's interesting because they're actually coming out with a new film, right, remake, you know. Yeah. It, and it's just like, oh man, I don't know if I, if I want to see it. <laughs> but well, I don't know if they recasted the guy, uh, but I I want to say it was Jesse Eisenberg that was going to originally do it, but I might be wrong on that. But whoever it was, they he was doing such a dark character. They're like, we can't we can't air this. We have to go a different route. So unless they kept it, but original, uh, there was a uh, an article that was posted saying he, whoever the actor was, was doing such a a good role yeah. that he was he was portraying the darkest Pennywise they had ever seen. So uh, definitely interesting. I, I'll probably have mm-hmm. to see it just to see how in comparison it probably is. It'll probably make my fear of clowns even worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, say, to say the least. <laughs> so, um, um, I do have good announcement for you guys. Uh, I am done with my revisions of my book. I just have to enter them. Uh, it's been a long time coming, so I'm rather proud of myself. Even though, though I shouldn't have pride, I I do feel a sense of accomplishment, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, uh, next step will be to get those revisions entered into the electronic copy and get it out to publishers. So, I'm proud of that. Um, awesome. Any announcements for you as far as the, the movie or any new so, movies coming up? We are officially four weeks out from completion of the real of the revealed. Um, now, that doesn't mean that everyone's going to be able to see it, unfortunately. I've got to run the festival circuit, which means I can't share it uh, amongst anybody. But we are four weeks out from finishing the film completely. I actually just met with my composer today, my music composer. Phenomenal stuff. I'm telling you, he wrote some phenomenal stuff. Uh, and actually, the uh, the music supervisor was there with us, and we were watching it. And he knows the film. He's seen it. And there's a part of the, of the film, this one scene, where there's just, I'll just say something happens. And he knew it was coming. He knew it was coming the entire time, and he still jumped. 
and he's very visual. <laughs> you know, he still jumped out of his seat, and he he was like, I I knew that was coming. <laughs> I was like, here it is, here it is, here, and boom, still scared me. <laughs> so that's what he said. So that's great news. That's a good thing. I like hearing that stuff. We have a couple of revisions in regards to music. Uh, just a couple of things we want to add on and move around a little bit, make a little bit darker here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and beside that, I'm just, I've got to start coloring this week. Um, special effects are done. I think I said that a week or two ago. And I'm finishing my, my audio, basically. You know, I got a couple small things to add here. I'm actually going to do some work right after I get off, uh, the radio show and, uh, move from there. But, it's getting really close. We're almost done. We've almost made it the yeah. whole way. It's been it's been whew, a long time. It feels like. Well, just like my the podcast that I listen to, it's I hate waiting. I hate the anticipation mm-hmm. of of mm-hmm. that show coming out. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it, dude. I mean, we both have imaginations, as I've shared some of my recent dreams and ideas with you. It's just. And folks, as Eric has talked about on air once before, he did have a dream journal that scared the living daylights out of a couple of people. <laughs> Wish you still had that, but um, yeah, that's all right here. <laughs> I'm sure you still retain a lot of them. <laughs> um, and that's something I've shared with Heidi. Like she has a hard, she always never remembers dreams, even if she does dream. And I'm like. I don't always remember, but ones that specifically jump out to me, even if I'm not going to make a book out of them, I can mm-hmm. still recall vividly. Yeah. Um, usually because yeah. they scared the daylights out of me. Right. So, um, uh, did want to let you guys know too that uh, we did take down the chat on Paratruth Radio and Par- uh, com. Websites are still up, so I do encourage you guys to even just visit those. Um, if you would like to donate to Paratruth Radio Network or Paratruth Radio itself, uh, that is up there as well to uh, help us fund <laughs> the, the uh, continuation of the network and the show. Uh, yeah. And uh, so uh, with taking down the chat... Uh, I do want to encourage you guys to uh, hop on Twitter and uh, during the when the show is live, uh, tweet us while you're listening and you know or just hashtag us in in the tweet whatever. Um, as well as I do encourage you guys to find us on Facebook, find the PTR and group on Facebook <coughs> and uh, Twitter. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. We're on Google Plus. We're everywhere, guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, And um, I do want to tell you guys, too, uh, regarding the groups, I'm probably going to stop posting uh, the show in groups other than PTRN and maybe a couple of the other podcast uh, groups because it is getting to the point where Facebook is blocking or even stopping people, especially myself included, uh, in posting stuff on uh, on the social media, on Facebook anyways. Other places are not, other social medias. So I encourage you to get on Spreaker. Follow us on Spreaker. Follow us on Absolutely. Facebook uh, mm-hmm. and, and Twitter. And, um, and if you guys listen anywhere else, like iHeartRadio, Podkick, or Pod... Uh, 
any other the, the pods that are out there. <laughs> <laughs> P pods. <laughs> doesn't matter. Keep listening on those as well. But uh, if you ever want like notifications, uh, you know, follow us on YouTube or or Spreaker because it, you will get a notification that a new show is up. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, any final words before we head out? You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. On that note, uh, that has been the show for this week. Until next time, where you will find us same time, same channel on the Paratruth Radio Network. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Paratruth Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, paratruthradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.